Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach, and today's episode is Courtney Paradise Testimony. Hello, Courtney. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself before we start with your testimony? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm a mom of three. I love the Lord and I have a great marriage and God has just been blessing my life um, quite a bit. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so how we do this is we actually asked you, what was your life look like? when before you had jesus in it um a lot of people start from the beginning um and go all the way through to the end but sometimes they get bits and pieces and they do different aspects of it so um whatever way you would like to do it go ahead sure that's great um so i was brought up growing i mean i grew up in the church Sadly, I don't think my whole family was living for the Lord the way we should have. I think it was kind of used as like a religious tool that hung over us for a couple years. Um, when we were younger, uh, both my parents came from very abusive uh, past with their parents and, you know, generational curses that come down the lineage. So uh, it was kind of a tumultuous upbringing in a house where, you know, you, you were expected to be seen and not heard and, and you had to do everything perfectly. But, you know, my parents didn't know how to be happy. They were doing the best that they could with what they knew how. So it was just a lot of trying to be the perfect family on the outside, but behind closed doors, it was pretty crazy. Um, I did learn a lot about spiritual warfare at a young age. My dad was kind of very interested in that. Um, but as time grew on, we kind of grew out of church. I know I had this hole in my heart because I was wanting to, I guess I was missing having that father figure and my dad and I just didn't connect the way that I thought we should, of uh, you know, home outside of the Lord. And I ended up getting into like the wrong crowd, started, you know, partying, you know, started sadly like sleeping with the person that I was seeing and I ended up getting pregnant at, she had had a brain aneurysm and ended up having to have brain surgery. My, my grandmother who lived with us was bedridden. She had had a stroke. And then my dad actually ended up having a heart attack and a double bypass um, while my mom was still in the hospital. She was in the hospital for a couple of months, um, kind of recouping, learning everything after her brain surgery. Um, praise God, she got through it, of course. Uh, in the midst of that, I was pregnant and not having it. He basically said, you either give up your child or there's the door. Um, I think a part of him had wrongfully placed that her brain aneurysm was due to the stress that I put her under getting pregnant. But um, to fast forward through that, I ended up finding an amazing family and giving up my son, um, Peyton, my first son. When I was 17, uh, but I think it left a hole in me. So I kind of went harder at trying to fill that God-sized hole and, and partying. And um, to fast forward, I, I basically ended up getting in a car accident. Through that car accident, I was put on painkillers. And um, I ended up getting a really bad addiction to painkillers uh, through the next couple of years. Um, no one really told you back in the day that, you know, you could become addicted to it. And so it 
was the first time that I felt, I guess, a false sense of happiness and security. And I felt like I was a better sense of myself whenever I was, did I know that it was just slowly really wrecking my life and getting me hooked on it. I mean, to a really bad extent. Um, I had gotten married to my, um, my fifth grade sweetheart at this point. And I think him and I both had no idea how to be in a healthy relationship, sadly. Um, I ended up having the three that I talked about in the beginning. Um, that's my eldest is my daughter and then my two younger sons. Um, and from then I just went even more downhill. Um, I got to a point where I could not get any more painkillers from uh, my, my doctor. And I had a friend who I probably shouldn't call a friend at the time who had told me that uh, I could try methamphetamine to not have withdrawals getting off of the medication take but two weeks on that. And I had practically lost my mind. So at this point uh, I needed to go do hospital stays for, um, you know, for just, I guess, mental illness at this point. Um, I had sadly attempted a couple of suicide attempts. I really didn't want to be addicted anymore. Um, and through this slowly, my husband at the time had found somebody else, which I don't blame him to this day because I had had my relationship with, you know, medication. So I really couldn't be the wife that he was wanting me to be. Um, from there, I found out that he was seeing somebody else and I was leaving to go to rehab finally to try to get sober and move forward in life. And um, long story short, kind of fast forwarding through that. Um, I didn't realize there were other things going on in the background and he pretty much had taken the children from me at this point. Um, and had moved on to the new marriage and we're down in the spiral of just self-hatred, um, you know, suicidal ideations, addiction. Um, from then I had ended up homeless and Throughout this time, I could see God was trying to come to me and, and change things and, and grow me. But I just really wasn't catching on to the fact that that was really God. You know, I just figured, wow, some things are starting to go better. Um, I kind of rehab hopped at this point and kind of went through um, help with mental illness. And here and there, God would send me people telling me about him or, you know, somebody would come in who went to church and they would have me start listening to like praise and worship or give me some, you know, Bible verses here and there, but it still gave me a couple of years of really having to like lose everything and get down to, you know, the wire of the only thing that I could do at that point was turn around to God. Um, by the end thing I was doing, I was, um, I was drinking heavily. I wasn't really taking opiates as much anymore. You know, praise God, I, he had gotten me off of being so addicted um, but I would go back and forth here and there, but I would just kind of find anything that made me feel different at that point. And finally, I hit the end of my rope when I had gone to becoming a sugar baby to kind of pay for things. I felt like I wasn't worth anything else. And somebody close to me had said, you're not going to be pretty for much longer. So this was the road that I was going to go down. That got me back into methamphetamine for the last time. And I had my last time that I basically, my, my, you know, just my mentality just broke completely. 
and went to a at the hospital one more time and they wanted to put me through rehab and I just remember somebody that I had known when working through you know the system that you go through doing all this that said you already know these things now you just need to put them into practice so I came back to uh, the guy that I was dating and we moved in obviously prior to marriage, but this was my now husband and um, him and I had basically started saying that, you know, he brought it up about going back to church. And again, we both were brought up in the church. We were both living like hell though. (laughs) So he had brought up going back to church and I just, God was calling me at that point, you know? And so we started going back to church and I guess we can get, of where you want to ask me yeah so basically um is there anything in that first part of your testimony that you actually want to uh kind of put more details to like some of the profound areas in it that actually like stuck out to you that god was talking to you yeah so i had a lot of spiritual warfare going on and I remember there was one point where I just really didn't want to be addicted anymore. And I had walked into the restroom between my youngest son's room and my two older children's. And I remember looking in the mirror and just seeing myself with like cuts all over because I ended up getting into self-harm really bad. And I, you know, was a cutter. And I remember when that first happened and I would get these just instantaneous flashes in my brain of just some of the most demonic things. And then I remember going, you know, closer to uh, coming back to the Lord, those things would try to come in, but little things that were really profound is like, I mean, a friend would send me a Bible verse in those moments or um, another, you know, from the people who were hanging out around church would send me um, like videos, just right. You know, Music. and they would they would bring me through those moments um so at that moment towards the end I when I started paying to the Lord and really trying to feel like a sense of worthiness and forgiveness and really relearning what the gospel is and the fact I work but it through the work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us nothing I could do would make me worthy. I started trying to relearn how to renew my mind with the word. And so the second thing that I really battled in life for a long time was social anxiety, which was something that came at me, you know, when I got for three years, I could not leave my house. I was just terrified. My heart was always racing. It felt like I was in a scary movie. And so I spent three years, like literally digging into the word my mind and and to really fully you know build me up with this holy spirit and so that's probably one of the most profound things i know it, it was shortened into a couple sentences but it was a three-year process of just really coming to the lord meeting him and in such an intimate setting i it's funny when you come to the lord and you're just saved you know you you want to be perfect and everything but i can sit back and remember i i used to smoke cigarettes then uh god is really taken a lot of things and, and, and healed me from them in my life. So thankful for that. But I can remember smoking cigarettes in my garage, just crying out to God and being in the word. And I would literally read it out loud to come against what I could feel was coming against me. 
And uh, it was just, it's amazing to think about, you know, back to this point, how dark things used to be and, and how the opposite now, you know, um, there's so much that has still happened since then. <laughs> I don't know where you want to go at this point, but. Well, well, well that, uh, that, that's great. I mean, I, I love that you have tons of stuff to uh, share with everybody. So they actually uh, fully understand where you came from and where you are. Uh, so the next one would be how you came to know Jesus. So um, we can uh, talk about from where you went to where you are as you found Jesus. And then we will go into what your life looked after that. So Definitely. So it was, I want to say it was slow and methodical on the Holy Spirit's part because Jesus had to take me to the end of my rope so that I had nothing else but him to turn to. And I, like I said, I went through really, really heavy um, spiritual warfare um, through those, those months. Uh, obviously I opened doors whenever I was, you know, really bad on the drugs and I, and I fully believe that to this day, but there was just this slow methodical process of God having me meet where he was at. I had this job that I would do back then where I was cleaning businesses and homes. So I had a lot of downtime to listen to sermons and podcasts and, and to read the Bible. And I remember one day being um, where I used to work Kennedy. And I remember listening to somebody say, if you just, if you're ready to give it all up and give it over to Jesus and stop being the God of your own life, you know, um, call out to him now. And I literally hit my knees in the middle of that temporary building and said, God, I, I, whatever your truth is, I want it. Like, I can't do this anymore. You know, everything I've done has brought me to where I am now. And that was very lost. You know, the whole thing was still that little lost girl that didn't have that father's approval, but I didn't know that there was heavenly father and his approval. And there's such a different approval through him that, you know, he's, he is that, that living water that when you drink it, you're never thirsty again, you know? Um, and like the renewing of my mind and, and really putting word in me really changed me and started to build faith in me. I, I remember, like I said, I used to smoke cigarettes and I was like, I, call, I called out to God one day and I said, God, you have to take this from me. Like, I don't want to stop doing this, you know, but you have to take this from me. I can't do it. Anymore. You know, because he'd already taken me out of addiction to drugs, you would think it'd be, you know, and it'd be obvious that my mind would be like, Hey, you can do cigarettes too. <laughs> but yeah. I had to stop where I was and meet him right where I was at. So I can't just say there was like this one moment. It's been this, this growth and this learning curve with him. And it's just getting to the end of my rope and, and saying, God, you have to help me with what you want your and that when you stop being your own small G God, you can really give him room to come into your life and change it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see it in a lot of testimonies that people have, you know, tons of struggles and tons of things they go through and they basically have to go down to the pit to be brought back out of it to understand who God is, what the Holy Spirit is and what Jesus did. So, um, is there any kind of uh, miracles or any kind of like aha moments that you actually had that you do, you're like, this is God. This is, you know, there's nobody, no other reason for it, but God. 
Actually, I have, and it's quite a lot of them, but like some of the big main ones is I was very addicted to fentanyl at the end, and I look back now, and uh, fentanyl has taken so many people's lives. Uh, Even just somebody who has taken a lot or, you know, accidentally had something laced the first time they ever did anything. And I've seen so many parents that post on TikTok about how fentanyl, you know, took their children too early. And for some reason, it's such a miracle that I'm still here today. Jesus with other people and say that I'm not even on that drug anymore, but also let alone the fact that I never died with how much of it that I consumed back in the day. Um, He had multiple attempts on my life where I tried to take, you know, commit suicide and that, you know, God would just, there was this one time I had taken a bunch of um, trazodone. It's a sleeping medication for mental illness. Uh, I took 180 of them one night and I woke up the next day just fine. Never went to the ER, nothing. And this is back when I least deserve anything, you know, not that we do anything or we just, we're not, but um, there was that, the setting down of cigarettes, um, the biggest like miracle that's happened too is I went almost eight years without my children. And there is a song by Danny Gokey called uh, just haven't seen it yet that God kind of had sent to me through a friend and I kept listening to it and it talks about, you know, I was about to bring my kids back into my life and the most insane way, you know, uh, basically the, to, to shorten it down, the woman that my ex had cheated with ended up on my front doorstep being like, I want to help you get your kids back in your life. And I was like, are you serious? This is amazing. Like only God could do that, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. And uh, like I said, my daughter lives with me now. I've watched her grow in the Lord. She has her own testimony, but I've seen this amazing transformation of my daughter and her coming to the Lord because, you know, like I said earlier, generational sins, you know, are passed down and, it was her going and wanting to be accepted. Anybody that would accept her and her going down that same road as me. And I've watched God mightily turn her, her life around after her coming to live with me because she was going through pretty much the same thing that I had been going through. So that's amazing too. Yeah, that's, that's great. Maybe she'll be on the show sometime in the future. <laughs> she would love to, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. um, so now... What does your life look like after you took Jesus as your savior? So it's funny. You think everything would just all of a sudden be perfect, you know, and, and I had to run after God in a new way because I had remembered growing up in church and I thought these people around me were perfect, you know, like all of a sudden they had Jesus and everything was good. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I had to walk through that with Jesus. That was like, no, we're still human and that we have to seek the Lord. And so, you know, I've still had my ups and downs. Um, I try to live more holy and I try to live with a heart that's always ready to repent and turn from anything that God asks to take off of me. But, um, it's been, it's been a hard road. You know, the, the, the more that you seem to get, or well, I, but other people too, that I've talked to get closer to Jesus. And in many ways, you know, uh, we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I know it's sometimes when we really start living for the Lord, like there becomes a target on our back. <laughs> yeah. He comes after you, but I've, this walk that I've had with the Lord is just fully learning to like lean on him and seek after him. And this, 
I have this, um, I'm, I'm finally content with life, you know, and, and things not being okay. And it's just this beautiful relationship where every day I give my will over to the Lord and I really, you know, and I walk these things out. Um, I think it's funny that God has taken me through this walk of social anxiety and he's, you know, I, I still deal sometimes, um, like God has wanted me to go out and share with others, you know, just what he's capable of doing. The fact that he can turn anyone's life around, you can come, you know, the lowest of the low and, and just, you know, the chief of sinners, as Paul says, you know, to for the Lord in such a way that it's, it's like night and day when people look at you and you're like, all I can say is that was Jesus. You know, there's a love that he has that is so fulfilling and so it's a day-to-day like walk that I have to adhere to you know I, I notice what I feed my with what I feed myself what comes out so if I'm you know on worry or doubt or anxiety like how are the bills going to get paid or, or or just small things like that to like the bigger things that life throws at us you know then that's what comes out is you know is is worry and doubt and fear if I'm getting into the the Bible every day and I'm putting on praise and worship music and I'm keeping my eyes fixed on him. But I notice that's what comes out. That's what pours out. But like I was saying, it's very funny that he takes someone like me who wants to tell everyone about Jesus, but sometimes has a really hard time doing it, but he chooses us for specific reasons. And it's just been such a blessing to have this roller coaster that of life that's happening, but being able to go share Jesus with others because of it. Yeah. And, um, are you in any kind of groups or any kind of uh, church groups that actually uh, people you would want to tell them to be in that you've actually seen help you with your uh, walk of Christ? So in the beginning, I started out doing Celebrate Recovery, and I had a lot of help through that. Um, that's more of a faith-based 12-step you know, um, process or that you can go to. A lot of churches do it. Uh, mine was down in Houston. Uh, at the embassy church. Uh, they're pretty great. They're North Houston. Um, sadly, like I said, horrible um, social anxiety that a lot of that time was spent at church for a couple of years, but really getting into my word. Um, excuse me. Um, after that, though, I went to New Life for a while in Kingwood. That's a great church for anyone who's looking in that area. They're like a non-denominational but putting myself in a lot of situations where I was like kind of scared to go and talk to people, but God would bring people into my life too. So I didn't have to reach out as much, but it's funny. A lot of it was me spending a lot of time with the Lord, um, just one-on-one for a while. Now my husband and I and my family are salt and light brigade. And it is a lot of families that are like-minded that, you know, are Christians that get together and we try to learn like things like homesteading, you know, and taking care of ourselves and, but also really living for the Lord first and foremost, you know, growing it. We get Bible studies together. We get together on Sundays and we sit down through the Bible together, like line by line, you know, and, and try to dig deeper with each other. Um, a lot of times I just sit and read the Bible with, you know, with my daughter or with my husband. Um, Sometimes we, we like to get up early at 3 a.m. <laughs> and lose some sleep so that we can go closer to the Lord. But I'd have to say a lot of them are like self-driven. I'm still learning how to get 
better at going into more corporate or group type settings, but God's getting me there. Well, that's, that's a great thing. Um, is there any struggles you've had since you've had Jesus as your savior um, that would resonate with other people? Definitely the social anxiety. That's a really hard one. I prefer not to take medication because I used to be really bad at taking medication. <laughs> so I feel everyone's different, but I feel that I've been called to go down this road where I fully rely on the Lord. So there's days where things are heavier and harder and I have to really literally get in my word and renew my mind. I have to walk out. I have to be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word that day. Um, there are some times where it's, it's absolutely terrifying. It's very, but I force myself to get out on those days. I, I fill myself up with praise and worship and I walk it out by going to the store and, you know, ask God, is there anyone that you'd like me to speak about you to? Or of course there's times where these conversations get struck up and, I've always said now to just do it scared, like let God walk, work it out and walk through you in it, but do it. Don't be fearful. Obviously the Bible says that, but if you're feeling anxiety, obviously first it's not from the Lord, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. That's another one that goes with mental illness too. Um, and we stand on these truths that the Bible has given us, you know, uh, we believe what God has said, you know, his word is, is truth, you know, and he is the way, the truth and the life. So a lot of times we need to walk hand in hand with the Lord very closely to get through these harder things. Most people would say, Hey, how are you a Christian? And you have social anxiety. And you know what? I don't know why this hasn't been much of off of me yet completely, but I do know the more that I have walked hand in hand with Jesus and I've really relied on him and his strength. These things have gotten a lot easier. Yeah, and he gives you stuff that you actually need to work on, and, and he won't release it until you actually have worked on it completely. And that's that's a lot of people's hard struggle with trying to figure out, why is God not taking this from me, or why is he not doing He's trying to teach you something. And and believe it or not, you haven't learned the lesson totally yet. So um, stay, stay, stay with him, and uh, he will release that from you in the future. You're, you're totally right. And I, I think more people need to understand that when you come to the Lord, there's not this perfection that you can attain. You know, it's a day-to-day -day walk. You know, Paul talks about it being a marathon, you know, and yeah. that, that takes a while to finish. You know, that's a lifelong race that we're doing. And to not be so, like, hard on ourselves. You know, a lot of times we want to get everything right and we know that other people look to us. But there's also times through our struggle where we're walking things out that we can also be a help, you know, to other people. There's many people who have said to me, you know, wow, I didn't know you were dealing with that. You know, you can't tell. And I'm like, well, that's, that's Jesus. That's the Holy spirit through me. But you know, when, when God opens those doors, you can explain to people, well, this is how God walked me through it. You know, that's, that's something I love doing now. Um, I, I never thought God would call me to work at a CBD store, you know, um, I've, I've been an assistant manager at a CBD store in Kingwood for a couple of years now. And my first thought was really God, oh, that, that of all places, but I'm he has a sense of humor. I know he really does. It's like, but he sends in so many people that are either addicted to drugs and trying to get off of them or they have horrible anxiety. 
And I'm like, here, let, let me show you what, what, what we have in this store. But can I tell you about the fact that this is also spiritual, you know, as well. And there's so many times I get to speak the name of Jesus, you know, at this job. And it's such a blessing. You know, the owner, she is a huge, you know, just follower of the Lord. And we've both got to see a lot of miracles happen in our lives. And I didn't know, like I looked up to her and I didn't know that there were ways that, you know, my walk with the Lord was, you know, also helping her in her walk, you know, God really blesses us in, in some awesome deep ways. And we have no clue that it's even happening. Yeah. And you don't even know that, that you see a strong person in front of you, but you, you never know what God's doing through you to them. So. It's so true. And it's such a blessing when God reveals these things to you. So thank you for your testimony, but is there anything that you would leave to the listeners that would actually help them be okay with struggling and coming to Jesus and understanding that it does take time, that it's not an instant uh, gratification like sin is? Definitely. So my favorite Bible verse is Romans 5 and it's that God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's a while we were still, you know, that's when we're in the muck in the mud. And that's when we're in our degeneracy and our sin. It's when we come like Jesus loved us at that moment. Abba Father loved us at that moment that when we were at our worst, he still sent his son to die on the cross and Jesus still went to die on that cross for us. So, you know, give yourself some grace, give, you know, the, the kind of grace and mercy you extend to others, extend it to yourself, you know, because if you're thinking that all the people that you're praying with your family members are worthwhile, then how come you aren't? And I know a lot of us are really hard on ourselves, but there's a love that God has for you that will carry you through these things. And it takes time. Like every day needs to be, what is the most that I can do for the Lord and how can I get closer? And it's a relationship. You know, a lot of us maybe have been brought up in churches where it's just, you know, do um, a daily devotional in the morning and there's nothing wrong with that to start that out but it's it's an all day 24 7 walk out and some of us have it harder than others you know I because of a lot of my past I just didn't feel worthy and that's the thing like you have to remember that when you when you become a believer in Jesus God sees you you are in right relationship right standing when he looks at you he sees Jesus so don't be so hard on yourself you know just bask in his love and, and, and renew your mind daily. That's such a struggle if you're not trying to pour that into you daily. And like I said, it's a relationship. How you work at your relationship with Jesus shows through what you go through. And usually if you're at the end of your rope like I was and you're desperate, which I really believe the gift of desperation is exactly that. It's a gift. So if you don't know what to do, just go to God about it. Like I tell my daughter all the time. If you don't know what to do in that moment, go spend that moment with Jesus. Hit your knees, get in praise and worship, or get in prayer, get in the word. And some of those days, like I said, that were my hardest, I would just have tears pouring down my face, reading the word out loud. And that's another thing I, I needed to learn about, too. It's funny that my dad was teaching me at a younger age with spiritual warfare. You know, the enemy doesn't like it. Uh, I've been told this by someone I love dearly. The enemy doesn't like it whenever some of the best people, you know, that were going to hell... <laughs> got swiped up out of his hands, you know, and we're some of the best too to fight for the kingdom and bring more people to Christ. But, you know, there's going to be that pushback, but you have to remember that greater is he who is in you than he who is of this world. And there's a lot of pushback that comes, but this, this walk with Jesus is so worth it. I have been that person that 
you know, has went and tried to find all those other things that I thought fulfilled me, quote unquote. But that whole time, like entire time, that was a guy sized hole that the only thing that could fill was God. So just take it easy, give yourself grace and mercy and always seriously run to the father and just bask in him. That's some of the best thing you can do. When life gets hard, learn to grow like your faith. Another thing is learn your identity and your authority through, um, through the Lord. And there's a lot of stuff out there that you can go and look up and learn about that. But sometimes just pulling out your Bible and getting into the index is some of the best way to learn a lot of stuff and personal time. So much personal time with Jesus. Remember, it's a relationship. If you are like in your marriage or, you know, you're hanging out with your best friend, like how much time do you spend with them? Like that's what you want to do with the Lord. And first fruits, that's the other thing. If, if you get up in the morning and your mind is already like set on Christ, your eyes are fixed on him, like your day just goes so much smoother. So like I've noticed when I digged in like to the word and, and I got into things of God, like he would grow my hunger and, and grow my thirst for him. And I would, you know, see his promise in the Bible that says, if I draw near to him, then he draws near to me. That was great. Um. And as every time that I actually have somebody on the show, and I want to thank you uh, for coming on to Lift Up Nations podcast and telling your testimony, and I hope it gets out to everyone in the world that it needs to get to. Uh, but we do ask the person that comes on to do the testimony to do the closing prayer. Definitely. So Heavenly Father, we just come to you and we come before you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you that you are a loving, a just, a holy, a merciful God. And we just ask that you just continue to strengthen Rob and, and to give him the knowledge of how to go forward in this podcast and how to bring more people to these testimonies and these teachings that he's been putting out there to, that bring people closer to you. We just ask you to bless them in this area, to give them the knowledge and the strength to carry through. We come against the attacks of the enemy. I ask you to open the ears of the people and draw them near that need to hear these testimonies, Lord God, and that you soften their hearts. We just ask you to continuously carry us through, carry us through these times, Lord. And when things are the darkest, just to turn to you and just to keep striving for your will and for not ours and to have our eyes fixed on you. And we just thank you. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. And that brings me to the announcements. If you'd like to come on our show or be a special guest, you could reach out on liftupnations at gmail.com or call or text us at 302-313-6190. Or if you're interested in coming on for a testimony or a live baptism at Lewis Beach, you can reach us at liftupnations at gmail.com or call us or text us at 302-313-6190. And that being said, thank you and God bless.